Hello and welcome to the latest Board Games Ireland podcast. Well, it's the latest, depending on if it's the, the most. We don't keep records. You don't keep records. <laughs> Unlike the good people at Board Game Geek who keep records of everything. Yes, we on the, 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 the Derek and Nigel's uh, tireless work. Tireless work, yes. <laughs> we, we just to counter that, we keep records of nothing. So we don't even remember what this podcast is really about. Could we be just, the first podcast. Could have been, for all we know. <laughs> we just wander in here, turn on the microphones, hopefully get the music up and just talk about stuff. So welcome to that, whatever that is. Yeah, I can't remember what number it is. That's mostly why I say latest uh, could be 10 could be let's say 10 10's <laughs> mm. a good round number I, but think, I like 57 uh, I think most importantly it's our first it, it's our podcast before the big Board Games Ireland the convention Con yes gotta stay on brand with Con so that's that's this Saturday because this podcast will definitely be up before the con yeah, so it's this Saturday coming. Short of me being hit by a bus before. <laughs> all right, but uh, yeah, we're all set to go. I think we should, it should be a fun day. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So again, there's still time to buy tickets. Um, you can go to boardgamesireland.com and you can buy tickets online via Eventbrite. So either buy tickets online or take a chance and show up on the day and uh, hopefully we can fit you in. We do have capacity for around 100 people. I don't want to like oversell or overbook because that didn't go too well no. for another con. Uh, <laughs> God, that was, was that this year that happened? Yes, it was. Con? Yeah, 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 it was. Oh, it seems uh, like a lifetime ago. Uh, I do know almost any other con when they're starting up now to just get bombarded with questions like how can I know I can trust you with my <laughs> money after uh, after what happened <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah that, that that's it the con's coming up um, full day Saturday uh, in the teachers club I think there's some weird traffic diversions in on Saturday or, and for, for most of most of half of August weird traffic diversions yeah because they're doing work on the Lewis so basically just- you can't cross a Connell Bridge yeah, but it's just weird traffic. Like normal traffic's fine. <laughs> All traffic is weird. It's unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> if it's if it doesn't have cloven hooves, I don't want to know about it. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So maybe you leave the car home. Use public transport if you're coming in because parking's probably going to be bad anyway. Or maybe it's going to be really good, seeing as cars can't get into the city. I don't know. <laughs> I don't drive a car. <laughs> uh, how how we're going to transport games into the location as well? Oh uh, yeah, that, yeah, big bag. Yeah, this does. Yeah, I know big bag, but yeah, how do we get the big bag there? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll have to. Yeah, this mm. will take some study. We haven't thought this through. I think have of we? it. Think of it as a, a fun board game of traffic management in Dublin, and a good Euro-style game, <laughs> uh, laying down tram tracks. And <laughs> yeah, it's okay, but it's a bit too random. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, B- uh, BiggieCon, it's coming up soon. Hope to see you there, and uh, it should be fun. And we'll record. We'll record some podcast stuff while we're there. Yes. So um, I, ha- I haven't actually had a chance to play too much recently because normally we started by talking about stuff we played recently. I know you've pl- said you played your finally got around to playing um, uh, Rails and Sails, Ticket to Ride Rails. Oh, I've played it before. Yeah. But um, I was more surprised this time that I played it and it lasted four hours. Yes. Um, and I didn't notice until it ended that, that it had been four hours. What, is there a single train journey in Ireland that takes four hours? Most of them do. <laughs> the, the journey from Bray to Greystones that can take four hours. Um. So, yeah, this is like Ticket to Ride Rails and Sails, and they call it Rails and Sails because it features trains in addition to boats. Uh, for those who don't know, Ticket to Ride, very simple. Um, you put down trains and you try and connect destinations. Um, you build up your hand by drawing cards, 
and you build a destination you you put down trains by playing cards um and they've got all different versions sort of set in different countries uh, india germany switzerland uh the uk um is it still called the UK? I don't know. Is that controversial? <laughs> is it what do we call it? Greater Britain? <laughs> um, yes. Uh, no, I, I believe it is still a, a United Kingdom. It just, is it still a United in, Kingdom? It, officially in name, it's the United Kingdom. But yeah, the reality is something else, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, so um, Ticket Ride Rails and Sails, it does the same, but it also has boats and it's around the entire world. So it is a little bigger. Um, but you yeah, the board, think... the board is huge. I didn't get to play it, but I did see you playing it, and that yeah, was a big, a huge big board. board. And just to mix things up, I um, added in um, the Alvin and Dexter expansion. So Alvin and Dexter expansion is a really tiny little expansion for, for Ticket to Ride, and it features two aliens: one Godzilla and one space alien. Godzilla is from the the Yurt. Yeah, yeah, he's the Godzilla. He's not one. an alien. Okay. Oh, I suppose he's not really an alien, is he? Yeah, he's here longer than we are. I mean, legally. Well, are we the aliens? Legally, so. he's an alien. <laughs> but spatially, geographically, yeah. perhaps not. Or she. He was a she. Godzilla was a she in the Matthew Broderick film. Of course. As it lays eggs. Matthew Broderick? <laughs> I don't, I can't, yeah, I guess it falls in love with Matthew Broderick and has Matthew Broderick egg, eggs. <laughs> <laughs> well. And Jamira Kawhi was there. That's I, I remember that film clearly. <laughs> Did Jimmy require kind of does he do this like slide past Godzilla in that way he does? Um so yeah, so let's No, say, no, wait, you're making a mistake there. We're, we're both making a mistake. Jamiroquai is the name of the band. The artist singer is Jamiroquai's monster. <laughs> okay. Right, so Jamiroquai's monster um is in a film about Matthew Bodrick laying eggs and Godzilla falls in love with Matthew Bodrick and all of that connects back of course to um, Ticket to Ride which um, features a small plastic um, Godzilla creature and a small plastic alien which is from space in a spaceship and with this um, uh, add-on what you basically do is you decide you're going to put the Godzilla or the space alien um in a town and nobody can then connect to that town with their trains and then the next player can just move them somewhere else and if they end up on one of your routes at the end where you've kind of supposed to get points you only get half points and that's it very harmless simple um extension but with the group i was playing with um wow did it cause um bother people didn't like it at all Mm -hmm. they kept saying can we play without the space aliens please and I just kept ignoring them. And um, correcting them. Godzilla is not a space alien. <laughs> <laughs> correcting them and ignoring them at the same time, which is really difficult to do. Um, so in the end, the game lasted four hours. And um, yeah, people didn't really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> four hours of misery. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's the second. And the first time I played it, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but this time it just... For some reason, it just plotted on and on. And I know we were playing it right. We were, we hadn't mm. got a rule wrong where like everyone just puts down one train carriage at a time in five minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. We were playing it. It just took ages. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't like uh, you have to play a game of Ticket to Ride Europe, and whenever you ever you place a rail card in Europe, and then you play original Ticket to Ride when you're doing America. What? So whenever you're playing placing rails in Europe, you have to yeah. play a simultaneous game of Ticket to Ride Europe before you can place the rails. 
Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. <laughs> if you really want to and torture people. And then you could people. do that. You could keep going down. <laughs> yeah. All the little all the uh, expansions down. for all the little countries. And <laughs> so the game at the top of the pit, yeah. the game at the bottom of the heap yeah. is a normal game of Ticket to Ride. Uh-huh. And then like it's like in Doctor Who, time expands so that the the game at the very bottom of the heap is running like 10 years slower. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's more like uh, yeah, Inception. Yeah. yeah, like that. <laughs> and the people playing, or even Interstellar, the people playing yeah. the, the one at the bottom watch the other ones grow really old no the other way around (laughs) wibbly wobbly timey wimey watch the other ones growing really old while while they're playing their normal game um yeah um i also finally got to play uh vast the crystal caverns which alex who was on the podcast in one of the earlier podcasts he was on talking about it i don't think he'd played it at that point yet but i got the chance to finally play it with him on uh yeah recently at one of the recent meetups uh and wasn't quite what i expected um i was expecting i, I didn't really i knew it was an asymmetrical ba- game where one player is a um controls the cave and the other people are the op- players go into the cave but i didn't realize it was like fully asymmetrical or I don't know what we, you would call it because it's um, basically every player is completely separate to the other players so everyone's got a completely different game to play mm. and those games sort of happen to interact um, so Solips- one- solipsistic <laughs> that's what you call it um, so what yeah one player is the cave um, and then there's a player who controls the dragon a player controls the knight and a player controls like the goblins Obviously, everybody wants to be the cave. Uh, I don't know. It didn't seem that interesting, that one for me. <laughs> the goblin one looked interesting, but very complicated. And like, uh, you had to like, you had different layers and they reached a certain level and then they were str- stronger. But I don't know. There seemed to be a lot going on there. But that's the thing. It was all the Everyone had all these things going on and you didn't quite because you didn't really read up. You were too busy reading up the rules and what you were all about. You didn't really know what game they were playing. Maybe if you played all of them and then came back to it, but that's a lot of investment mm-hmm. to enjoy the game. Um, but yeah, yeah, just everyone's doing their own thing and you haven't really got a clue what the other person's doing. It's like suddenly, because I was the knight and then suddenly uh, the goblins will zoom across the board and attack me and I'm like, I don't know why that happened, how that happened. Or okay. <laughs> I guess I just go along with it. <laughs> was there something I could have done to avoid that? I don't know. Um uh, and it was the same the dragon could just hop around the board <laughs> on the ground and uh, whereas yeah moving seemed to be quite difficult for me <laughs> to move around oh, and, the, and the cave and the, yeah the cave of course is moving walls and stuff like that and okay. it, that's I, I thought yeah, the cave stuff I thought was really interesting because obviously for the cave to win it needs to like I think bury everyone alive at the end so it doesn't want any of the other people to win so it will be automatically sort of balancing the game out so if one's, someone's going ahead it will start giving you an advantage to other players so when you open a treasure chest like the cave player gets to choose what treasure you get Okay. and so things like that I think I think that's a really interesting mechanic and I'd li- I don't know I'd just like to see it like sort of um, develop further as an idea that or just done it in a better way I think it would have been more interesting if it was a more traditional everyone was just a, a knight you know uh, rather than like four crazy different yeah. roles with completely different games it just gets a bit too complicated I think when no one really knows what the others are doing or what their goal is because uh, yeah some of the rules it's not like just simple rules um, they're, they're oh, oh, I got a reminder for the plan yeah <laughs> I did too uh, <laughs> this is the plan yes this You're is the plan it's the because we're ahead of schedule on the it's plan it's part of a plan uh, the big plan but actually what we said about before about not 
taking records or remembering anything that's all just a bluff yes this we is did, actually we did, part of yeah we said it on our phones to tell facebook to remind us that there was a plan and this is at, part of it <laughs> at this time of a huge a commencing plan <laughs> it's a vast elaborate complex plan involving all kinds of games and board game systems and everything else and this actual podcast is just a tiny little cog within that plan yes you landed on the recorded podcast square <laughs> and, uh, you, and you were meant to yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah yeah that's a vast I'd like to try it again but I didn't really enjoy the game I had but again it could have just been in one of those weird off games where like yeah you didn't enjoy your rails and sails last time you played it oh I enjoyed it nobody else did oh no one else did I was okay. fine and then I, I looked up and oh is that four hours and everyone was just looking at me very angrily well I'm not 100% sure that anyone enjoyed Vast when we played it but I'm sure it's probably a good game but it just wasn't fun when we played it and yeah it was another one of those games that, uh, it's like everyone's move takes like 20 minutes and I'm like done in one minute and then it's when and then it's then I have to sit and wait for everyone else to go and it's it's just it was not fun I get that yeah yeah sometimes I finish the game in, in a second or two and everyone else just has to play the thing all the way through uh, so yeah you do another game to talk about yes Fleet, um, Fleet. so this is the game I played after um, Ticket to Ride and it was kind of a form of it was, it was a form of therapy and recovery all at the same time, um, which is surprising because it's about um, uh, renting um, and um, commerce in the fishing industry. So what you're doing, is, it sounds, there's no way to describe this game without it sounding like the most boring game in the world. <laughs> you basically, you're part of the fishing industry and you're renting boats to catch different kinds of fish and you have to calculate which fish would be most profitable at which time, which boats you're going to buy, and how you're going to find captains to captain your boats. And then, most importantly of all, of course, um, you need to buy licenses in order to be able to use the boats, in order to be able to fish (laughs) the fish that you're going to get. I can tell all of you already on the edge of your seats um, at this one, going, where can I get a copy? Um, but to actually play it is a whole different experience. It's actually, um, it's got so, the mechanics are so nicely intertwined and put together. It's like one of those kind of clockwork games where you're always doing something slightly different all the time and um, you're always engaged. And even when other players are playing, they'll be taking some cards or some licenses and you'll be watching what's left and trying to plan your strategy on the basis of that. So I went heavy into shrimp which um, benefited me, um, while another player um, leaned very much on COD uh, to their detriment. And um, yeah, it was, it was really shouldn't, good. Shouldn't game. put your fate in COD. Sorry? You shouldn't put your fate shouldn't in COD. <laughs> Whereas your strategy was very shellfish. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> See, fish puns elude me okay, now. Yes. I'm waiting for a fish pun to come. I have no fish puns. I thought of the word prawn. There's a lot. You can do a lot with eels. I don't know. Uh, you, you can say, um, so, yeah, it's um, cod. cod. Fish. Co- fish fish cod, cod. Yeah, that's a good Oc- one. Octopus. No, prawn. Prawn again, right? Prawn, so, prawn again. No. So that's that joke. Yes. But it's like, um, you know, cod. People think cod will save, but. 
you know, they're not prone again. Something like that. Yes. Gets, it's, getting there. It's yeah, getting there. Yeah, you got, you got the material you can go assemble. <laughs> DIY joke there. It needs to be some assembly required. I've not played, yeah, but for an audience of fishermen, <laughs> this would be good, but I haven't really, I haven't really tinkered with many fish jokes, I have to say. Okay. So would you recommend Fleet? Yes. Okay. Definitely would. Okay. And to non-fishermen as well as fishermen. Yes. Well, the fishermen might actually poke holes in it and go, well, you know, a license wouldn't really look like that. It takes six to eight weeks to clear. <laughs> exactly. This is totally unrealistic. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, I've, again, like I said, I haven't had too much time to play much. I had did recently pick up a copy of Near and Far and Dice Forge, but I haven't had a chance to play them yet, so uh, hopefully we'll talk about them on the next podcast. I tried to set up Dice Forge, but the instructions are terrible, and they seem more concerned with telling you how to, like, take stuff out of the box and hmm. put them back into the box rather than telling you how to play <laughs> the game. It's very confusing, so I'll have to look up, a, like, an online guide, or I think, I think someone had it last week, so someone in the group knows how to play it, so maybe I can, I can okay. another human to explain how to play it um, so oh yeah yeah, I got a, got a, a new corner uh, uh, for, for this week so that's three corners that's taken three, now that's, that's, we've only got well, one two, corner uh, how many, is it we like have, an octagonal room or um, oh yeah there are a few more corners I suppose when you look up as well yeah there's four on top as well so we have eight and we've got a few left right, that's, okay so let's start here So, yeah, this is the classic corner uh, and a classic corner that's spelt with K's because that makes it cooler. It's spelled with K's. Actually, cool is also spelt with a K. So and it's cool, classic, cool, corner. classic. Let, let's not use the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was going to talk. So basically, this is the idea behind this corner is to be uh, talk about just older games that aren't modern or new, just games that have, have been good to us over the years. And uh, yeah, I was going to talk. I was hoping to have played it recently before doing this podcast, but the Game of Thrones board game, which is topic as well, because it's back on our TV screens, the TV show. Of course, the board game predates the TV show because I think it came out in 2011. Actually, that might just be the second edition. So it's very much based on the books. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, yeah, this, so it diverts quite a bit. There's like characters in there you'll never have heard of if you uh, are only watching the TV show. Um, Boris but- Targaryen. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it is an interesting game. I, I think it's really, really good. But I notice it. Sometimes people will play it and don't quite get it, um, because it is a negotiation game at its very heart of it. That's what it comes down to. If you're playing it as like it's just a pure strategy game, like yes. Risk or something you're not going to have a very good time because it's very difficult to win in that game and it's going to take a huge amount of time if you're not making deals and alliances with players. And our yes. style alliances are really unstable. And again, that's what simulates the story of uh, a Fire and Ice, the the, the, the books and and to a lesser extent and probably greater extent the TV <laughs> show um, and yeah yeah, it really is just like making those alliances and I'm sure it's one of those games where Derek and Nigel have worked out like oh and if you start as the Lannisters and uh, <laughs> uh, you do this first then you have a 97% chance of winning <laughs> um, but um yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of that. But if you just play the game in the spirit that it's supposed to be played in, where you're making these like align- crude alliances with uh, the others, um, like I know if you're the Starks, it's like difficult because you start with a huge amount of space and you can go up there and try and capture all that resource, but then your path to the south will get cut off 
but yeah. see with the other families. So you'll want to like head south first and make sure you hold that area before trying to expand north and where you can actually get quite a lot of untouched area that no one else is going to be rivaling you for. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's, I'd say it's a really good fun game. I don't think it shouldn't take too long. Again, I think it takes long if you're not like working together with other players. That's what makes it drag out. And it's like other games like that, negotiate. Yeah, once you realize that the point of the game is to negotiate with other players, uh, they work a lot better. Like Lords of Vegas, the first few times I played Lords of Vegas, I didn't quite get the point. But once you realize that, yeah, you're supposed to be trading, negotiating, uh, and you can negotiate anything pretty much. Um, you can swap and sell I do like anything. Those, I like those meta negotiation mm. games. Yeah, and it just adds so much more to the game. And yeah, because other than that, that game is just like, oh, I go here, I take this, I do this, and everyone's just not interacting with each other at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you what do you think of Game of Thrones? Have you played it? Oh, I played it once. Mm. It was actually um, the first large board game that I ever played. Yeah. And to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing at the time, and I don't remember much about it since then. I don't even remember who I was. I think I might have been the Bannisters. <laughs> or I could have been the Tartlets, but I can't remember exactly which family. Um, yeah, there are. There's a, they did do a um, a recent one as well. There's a um, what's it called again? I think. Oh yeah, it's the Iron Throne. I think came out not too long ago. A game of Thrones. No, that sounds Throne. interesting. And yeah, so it's uh, basically what they did was they reskinned um, Cosmic Encounter. Which is why, yeah, that sounds a great idea. <laughs> so it does look quite interesting. Now, I think they've done, put their own twist on it very much. But you look at it, it does look like cosmic encounter except it's tywin lannister <laughs> instead of a weird alien uh <laughs> with special powers uh you can um, put all the starks into the warp yeah. and they're little in yeah instead of little saucers they're tiny crowns um so yeah no, no, i haven't played it but i have heard it's good it's different enough to cosmic encounter to uh to to be its own thing um i was looking at because i've never played the game of thrones board game with the expansions apparently there's two expansions on it based on later books uh, it might be good I think it would make sense for them if they could make a deal with HBO to go full like TV ex- mm. uh, expansion you know and you could have like because you know the way that you have like your cards that are like uh, different family members have different powers yeah. when you play them in combat you could get like because everyone loved the cameo that was in it recently of Ed Sheeran so if you're playing as the Lannisters you could have like a special Ed Sheeran card you could play yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but, that, but what would it do? What would the Ed Sheeran card do? What would its I, power I be? I don't know. I guess it would play that that, that song. It? What's his song that's always constantly on the radio? Well, I'm, um, I'm in love with the shape of you. That song. It's on everywhere. Is that what he says? I'm yeah, yeah. It's you? it's strange because I don't know. He doesn't. I don't think in the song he mentions what's actually notable about about her shape. the shape. Yeah. Um, I, most people are just sort of vaguely human shaped. But is this girl? You know, maybe is she comprised of non-Euclidean geometry? Uh, do her tits exist in a higher exactly. dimension? Uh, <laughs> but it's also a bit uh, weird. Um, I'm in love with the shape of you. Like all the rest of you, it's utterly irrelevant. Um, apart from your shape, which would only- yeah, it's like a can I make a cookie, a cookie cutter out of it? It's like that. It's like is she just yeah, exactly a shape <laughs> mold? Is, is Ed Sheeran playing some kind of you know shape oligarch or sort of shape capitalist who's looking for the best shape? in order to sell it something like that yeah yeah so yeah if his power is something like that on the Ed Sheeran card uh, uh, I'd say yeah you could probably definitely win as Lannisters um, we have a 93% chance of winning his special power (laughs) should be just to to break the fourth wall and make everybody want to stop watching (laughs) Um, so 
But they, yeah, that's the thing. They've had they've had loads of other cameos on, on it, and they've never been egregious like that. Like like Sigur Ross and everything have been on it. And yeah, that's because nobody knows who they are. Yeah, because they're just playing a band in the background. Yeah. they don't like look directly into the camera, and everything else exactly. is out of focus. And <laughs> and they don't just sort of stumble across yeah. them in a the forest. Like, <laughs> uh, well, anyway, enough Ed Sheeran talk. That's that's the end of Ed Sheeran Corner. <laughs> Um, so do you want to do a Controversy Corner I know I have some stuff for Controversy Corner do you have anything for Controversy Corner I got uh, Derek and Nigel okay oh, well okay well then let's let's set the way. I'll queue up some Controversy music okay uh, let's see which one we go with okay controversy give it give it to me yeah so um this is uh this is like what I, extension of what i was talking about in the last podcast which is about um these kind of um obsession with um taking a board game and kind of analyzing it in order to win and i was just um stumbling through idly um board game geek um messages and um i came across one from a chap who um Basically, he, I, I kind of have to do it in his own words. So he's like, um, well, I, I'm quite a fan of Star Wars Rebellion. and uh, But I, I discovered that there's quite a lot of starting positions, possible starting positions. And I, I, I actually mapped that there were 2,100 starting positions. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I worked out, I assumed that the Rebellion the the, the um, imperial forces would want to would want to um, imp- occupy the rebel planets at the first opportunity, so I went through all two thousand one hundred and ran a, a program, which um, analysed what would happen if the imperial forces did this every single time, and then I worked out the base the ratio of good starting uh, positions to bad starting positions, and I worked out that there were seventy four percent in the middle, uh, which is rather good, uh, and. The bit that actually got me is he says, if you're actually interested in the 2,100 setups that I did, I have the entire list here. And he does. <laughs> he has, he's got a link to 2,100 possible starting positions for Star Wars Rebellion <laughs> for people who want to, who, who presumably want to go there, look at the list, memorize it. <laughs> and then... That, that'll, this, that'll get you banned from a casino in Vegas. You know? <laughs> this, yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed to play at the uh, the Star Wars Rebellion table anymore in this <laughs> Vegas casino. <laughs> um, Yeah, so that's the kind of level... Like, for me, I just like to sit down and pretend to be, you know, Chewbacca for a while. That's, mm-hmm. that's fun. That's fine for me. I don't have to go and learn, you know, actually go and look at all 2,100 potential no. starting positions. Um in order to analyze them so that when I play I will definitely win that's taking the thinking mathematically about a game to such an extreme that it just kills the game completely yeah because yeah, one of the things I enjoy most in games is adaptation you know you keep that's why I like games like Innis Innis <laughs> Innis um uh, is that it's yeah your 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 situation's constantly changing. You have to adapt and change your plans constantly. Yes, you can't go a long term strategy and go oh this is how I'm going to win the game because what other people do will change your game completely and you uh, will have to try. Apparently that will be coming back into stock soon as well. Inish, so well worth picking up. But having but not said- before I get my copy. So stay back. <laughs> <laughs> having said that, I mean 
yes, that happens. But some people would use like game theory. So this is the same thing. This is what um, this post on BGG was all about. It's a, an idea yeah. of game theory. So they make I don't know what game theory is because anytime someone's talking about it, they always seem like they're a tremendous arsehole. So I've well, always assumed it's, 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 it is. it's, it's stupid. It's, it's ga- <laughs> well, you should really call it game theory for tremendous arseholes yeah. because the, fa- the, the fundamental principle of game theory is that everyone's out for their own interest. So everyone's out to profit for themselves as much as possible. That's mm. the founding principle. So any setup, any game, um, the idea is that fundamentally what human beings want to do is win win everything and win it for themselves that's the fundamental idea of human nature which is also the fundamental idea of an arsehole so that is (laughs) that is the connection so people who believe in game theory will have to accept that at some point that human beings are basically arseholes one way or another and then you from that point if you accept that then you can actually work out loads of things mathematically because you can just go okay there's there's um, 10 men and women in a room and there's one octopus and they all really like octopi. So how are they How are they best going to divide up the octopus between themselves? Given that they all want an octopus, what's going to happen? And then they will actually mathematically work out based on positions of people in the room and based on the position of the octopus. I mean, I've done this myself, mm-hmm. obviously. So they will um, do that and then that'll be, that's game theory, essentially. That you just make that assumption and then you can mathematically work out everything else. So in this um, example I just gave from BGG, the assumption is made that um, the Imperial forces would rather occupy uh, every single rebel planet at the very beginning um, because it's assumed that that's what they would want to do because that's how they would win easiest or whatever. So, but n- there's no reason to assume that. Yeah. And there's many forms of creative play. Heaven forbid someone's <laughs> reason for playing the game is to have fun. <laughs> exactly. Or to do something interesting or yeah. to do something unexpected yeah. that the other player wasn't thinking of. Um, and that's why um, game theory is wrong. And it it's actually gets to the core of um, what I think is wrong with this, with this sort of approach to board gaming, is that there's this, it's a really simplified idea of human nature. It reduces it all down to, first of all, human beings know what they're doing, which they do not. And secondly, that what they want to do is really simple, like get more food, and that's it. Um, so, yeah, so human beings are way, way more complex and layered than that. And a good board game will actually reflect that. Um, so that's it. That's my controversial point. <laughs> yeah, I, I have another one as well, uh, just um, on, uh, again, on stupid, tiresome people with no sense of aesthetic or enjoyment. <laughs> Um, yeah, yes, yeah, so I, I saw a thread, which is an interesting topic on, I think it was on uh, Reddit, the board game subreddit. Um, it was like, how do you best explain contemporary board games to someone? And one person posited that um, it's, you say, oh, imagine old movies um, like Casablanca or Gone with the Wind. Those are old Whereas new movies are really good because of <laughs> cinema has gotten much better over the years. And that's the same way. So Monopoly and Scrabble, they're old and board yeah. games have gotten so much better over the years as if, yeah, well, say, yeah, yeah. Gone with the Wind is overrated. <laughs> uh, but uh, and Scrabble is very good as well. Uh, still uh, Monopoly uh, yeah uh, we, uh, not, not so good but um, but the thing is yeah you can't say Casablanca is a worse film than Star Wars or, or Star Wars Rogue One or fucking um, 
uh, Transformers The Last Night because Transformers The Last Night has a Cogman in it and you know <laughs> that that drives um, drives Anthony Hopkins around the streets of London in a car chase while singing Move Bitch Get Out of My Way yeah uh, well, that does uh, sound like a good game yeah, yeah but it, it isn't necessarily make that a better movie than Casablanca no but also if you just take the parallel for example but that's someone looking at things in a purely like oh one film is in black and white it, and it's it's whereas this <laughs> one's in good. 3D IMAX what? it's clearly made with superior technology and therefore a better film so it's this inability to see actual worth or enjoyment and fun and yeah. <laughs> what's good uh, and just again bringing it down to just like uh, uh, statistics and uh, <laughs> or like objectively like i can measure this movie has four thousand pixels <laughs> so it's better than the one that's shot in 35 millimeter um or alternatively you could turn it around and go well imagine um say casablanca was a board game and then imagine the latest transformers movie was a board game which board game would you be most likely to play? Well, definitely Casablanca. Exactly, that's the point. You get the, <laughs> you get, you get the cook. You get to be a cook, a cook yourself at the end, and uh, you can become best friends with a Nazi collaborator. Exactly, <laughs> perfect. And that's because a really good board game is um, based on story. So a board game, a good board game, produces a good story among the players. It's the one. It's those games that you play and you remember and you talk about like afterwards about what happened and so for example um star wars rebellion is actually interesting because Mm. it produces like loads of stories and they hinge on a dice roll or a turn of a card that's what makes it really good um older games tend not to have that story element so for example monopoly the story is well i bought lots of houses yeah that's it um chess even chess which has um loads of dynamics and has lasted thousands of years and is layered, layered, layered tactics. It doesn't have that much of a story behind it. It has a bit of a story in the sense that, you know, you're fighting each other and you can have movements and things. And chess players will certainly see stories in the games. But I think that idea of an imagination and a story is what divides, actually divides. Yeah. But then, then you also have a lot of contemporary board games like and a good way to hook new people in are like uh, sort of social deduction type games yeah. where other human beings are actually essentially components in the exactly. game and yeah that's just something that wasn't really done too much with games before no there you know, wasn't other than maybe charades <laughs> <laughs> and again charades not much of a story yeah. there they, they either did or you didn't guess the film yeah. whereas with something like One Night Ultimate Werewolf every single game even though they last 10 minutes produces that reaction oh and afterwards you're always explaining it well i thought you were this and yeah. you said that it's got that element to it so that's what i think it's it a, is. emergent gameplay yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that other other controversy would be um yeah yeah i think, I think I, I posted it up on our facebook page the other day is like um gale force 9 who makes some very good games um uh, they have just announced a new Firefly game. They have the license to make a Firefly game. They mm-hmm. also have a new Doctor Who game coming out soon as well, which oh, looks interesting. interesting. Uh, but they still haven't released the expansions for Star Trek Ascendancy <laughs> that were supposed to come out like last October. Um, the and, Borg. Yeah. Well, no, no, not even the Borg. I'm talking about the Cardassian and the um, Ferengi expansions. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to come out like 
yeah <laughs> that's around the month after the game was released um so yeah that and there doesn't seem to be much communication coming from them now again the people on like board game geek are losing their minds and saying calling them they're like they're, they're worse than hitler and uh but the, i don't know they're either delayed or delayed they should be communicating better but you know it's not their fault you gave your local board game shop your money <laughs> you can just ask for your money back and say uh you they don't have they're not profiting from pre-order yeah. money you know um yeah. uh so I don't know. It does look like something bad happened to a shipment or something, but they haven't really communicated what happened. So I don't know. It, it would be nice if something bad happened. It would be nice if they said it. Then people might be a bit more sympathetic. Possibly a licensing issue. Yeah. I don't know. If, yeah, no, because um, so but apparently, apparently, all three expansions will be ready for Gen Con, but when they'll actually be available in shops. Well, it's still a bit ooh. It's I, very, I, kind of mixed messages being I sent. I suspect there. it's licensing. That's why they're yeah. not talking about it. Also, I've learned a lot about licensing recently. Um, from this fishing licensing game that I was playing. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah. Talking of like, because I, 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 but I still think it might be something similar to the situation that happened with Lisboa as well. Like all the, um, that's uh, a game again. It's based on the the tidal wave and disasters yeah. that struck Lisbon in uh, at the turn of the century. Not the turn of the century, no. Not this century, no. No, a century, a, a turn a of previous century. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, a lot of people think it's ironic that um, the, the yeah the, the, the all the EU Kickstarters. Uh, so from the Kickstarter, all the yeah. shipment that was due to go to the EU was destroyed in a fire. It is somewhat yeah. ironic. Yeah, there were probably were fires. Yeah, there probably were fires then. Yeah, but it's a bit tenuous link, really, isn't it? <laughs> but I think what they're doing is they the, the surplus ones that were actually going to go to retail are now being shipped to EU, so people shouldn't be missing out. That's so, just what I heard. So yeah, they're bouncing things around anyway. So so yeah, good way to handle it. Whereas whatever's happened with Star Trek Ascendancy, that's not a good way to handle it. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there seems to be a lot of bad... I don't particularly care myself. I just like to play the game and I'm happy to wait. But it would be nice to know when. Because um, that's the trouble these days as well. Board games, they sell out so quick and you mm. kind of miss your opportunity if it doesn't get reprinted. Luckily, uh, Inish is... Uh, Matigo are quite good at reprinting stuff so that's going to be available again but sometimes stuff doesn't get reprinted at all you have situations like Forbidden Stars where they lose the license altogether and they can't make it anymore Um, so yeah you kind of feel obliged to like buy the stuff when it's available there and then because you never know if it'll come back in stock (laughs) at all uh, like the Bloodborne game as well, like um, which is very good. That's like hard mm-hmm. to get now, but I think it's another print that being done. Up. Okay, but uh, again, yeah, for a long time there, like people just couldn't buy it. Nah, so you, yeah, you kind of feel oh, I gotta buy it. I don't have time to play it, or room to place to put it, or money. I need money for food and rent instead. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but the game may not be there next week, and it'll never have it. But I've gotta have it. Yeah. So yeah. that's 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 where I'm coming from. Um, that's the little for the listeners. That's the little voice that constantly plays on a loop in Gavin's head. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I'd hate to. I, 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 yeah, I keep I, the game that got away. You don't want, <laughs> you know, you just wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night, going, "Oh, why didn't I get um, um, Chaos in the Old World when I had the chance?" Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's the one that got away. <laughs> exploding kittens. That's what I wake up. Oh, why didn't I get exploding kittens? But uh, I do like. I like Gale Force Nine. I like the games they make. So I'm looking forward to the expansions when they come out. And also, yeah, Firefly and Doctor Who should also be interesting. Yes. Uh, then, other than that, some kicks, some interesting stuff on Kickstarter as well at the moment. Um, Star Realms, which I only played once with you, but you've played it subsequently. I played it a few times. Yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah, it's nice. It's quite, have you played it like with more than two players? 
No. Okay, because, yeah, depending on how many decks you have, you can just expand it out quite yeah, easily. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a, it's like there's like a big box Kickstarter for uh, uh, on Kickstarter at the moment. And it's basically like a big, big bundle of all the different yeah. cards you need to do a four-player game. Okay. And all, that, all, there'll be all sorts of cool Kickstarter exclusive stuff thrown in there. And because it's just a card-based game, it's reasonably affordable. So it might be one looking at because it was, it did seem like a fun sort of deck-building yeah. type game. Um, that seemed very nice. Um, then there's also Container which is an old enough game like pre-board game renaissance if we're calling it that so we're talking about uh, 2007 I think was the original That's game when games were still in black yeah it was before black all of us got hooked big time um, they were still so, in black and white and um, so, they yes, didn't yeah. have <laughs> didn't have technical CGI. <laughs> Uh, but so it's just one of those games that's t- sort of talked about in hushed tones by those who were on the scene and playing games a lot at that time that's probably why I don't know um, anything about it because of the hushed tones yes, I just hear hushed. the whispering yeah. I don't hear anything they're saying uh, and yeah it's called yeah Container and it's about yeah shipping containers and it's but it's supposed to be very very good and if someone is re- they're redoing it on Kickstarter at the moment so you can now back it now it's a bit it's a bit of higgledy piggledy if you want if you're based in the EU which I'd imagine you probably are uh, if you like us um, in that I, I don't think they're doing it themselves shipping it but there's some there's like some company in Italy are handling the the EU end of things but right. this, if you go to the Kickstarter page it's got a link to the Italy page where you can place your pre-order for a Kickstarter version on this Italian game site and basically <laughs> I think the Italian site is backing the Kickstarter in lieu of you doing it Um so yeah, it's just a little more complicated than a standard Kickstarter, but other than that, you'd be paying like crazy well, money for for it to be shipped from the US. For um yeah, for our listeners in because it's quite because they've made like the components are I think twice the size of the old one, like they're big like shipping cargo ships and stuff like yeah. that. So the components look really nice, but they're quite big and heavy. So yeah, shipping it would be quite uh, exorbitant. Ironically, expensive. Yes, shipping it. <laughs> yes. And anyway, for our listeners in uh, Tasmania, I just want to apologise for the Eurocentric bias of this podcast. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, I do love my, my Euro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should do, do an episode in the style of Euro Trash. Remember Euro Trash? Oh, God, yeah. No, we should not do that. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, <laughs> there was that guy who spoke in that kind of comic French accent. Was it even oh, real... Antoine, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's, uh, who's Lolo Ferrari, who we will exploit <laughs> for her big breasts. Oh, she had a tragic life. Yeah, um, featuring a Euro trash. That was the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, that was weird. I was playing a video game the other day and uh, it was like... And it's set in the future, like, I don't know how far in the future, but fairly far. They've got, like, hover cars and shit. And, like, uh, Casablanca, funny enough, is, like, a ma- massive... Uh, hyper city okay and um, and yeah you're in therapy your main character's in therapy and like I think I think one of the objects of conversation you can have with your therapist is oh uh, have you seen the latest episode of Eurotrash really yeah <laughs> hmm. so it, just, it was just strange because like, I think that put it in my mind so I hadn't thought of Eurotrash in a very long time <laughs> I haven't thought of Casablanca for ages. Yeah, it was well, it, it was okay when I had Jean Paul Gaultier on it, but after that he sort of left out, of it and it was just Antoine the Cones. Uh, so yes, um, yeah, BiggieCon this week uh, should be good fun. Uh, we'll be having a raffle and as well on the day with prizes. It's on also, the bank holiday Monday. No, what? It's Saturday. It's on a Saturday. It's on the Saturday. Isn't yes, it? yes. <laughs> 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 so it is this week yes it's this week yes. this it's week. Saturday the 5th of August Saturday right um, 
and it's uh, yeah we'll have a raffle day there'll also be if you want to sell any games we'll have like a bring and bring and buy bring and sell table uh that you'll be able to yeah just bring games along if and you sell bring, them you on bring the, the table you can sell it no we, we will supply the table you just bring the game that you want but to get rid of bring and buy table yeah. so no could, the, the bring and buy table is there you and bring you bring and buy things to put on the somebody table. buys the table it's not our table we're just leasing, we're just leasing the table for the day but you bring it that's the point yeah. you bring the table and someone buys it and then no no you bring and buy upon the table Table. The table is irrelevant. It's, so the table has wheels. It you could, could just be it. the floor. <laughs> it's got wheels. You can kind of put your stuff on it and wheel and drive it to the place. Um, no, no. It's 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 a table. Uh, maybe we'll put some tarpaulin on it. Um, maybe not. I, it will be um, sort of a. Will the tarpaulin <laughs> be free, or is it <laughs> is it thrown in with the t- price of the table? So anyway, that's been uh, myself and Frank uh, again this week. Uh, we'll have another podcast soon with some bits we've recorded from the uh, from 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 Bajigicon. the Bajigicon. And uh, yeah, yeah, that'll do us for now. And we reckon so. So the table, it's um, it's it's rectangular. So there's space right. on the table to hold a lot of games that people. Will bring What's in, the like, point of doing that if someone's going to buy it? No, if someone's no. going to buy the table. No, the table, the, the table, the table, the table, table can't be sold. I, 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 don't, have a, I don't have to make this. I don't have to make this any clearer. The, the table is buy table. Yeah, the table is what the stuff is brought upon. Brought upon the Then it must have wheels. If you bring the table, if you bring the stuff on.